scriptures. I'm going to start in Colossians chapter 1 and probably go through some of Colossians chapter 2 and then maybe go into even a couple verses in chapter 3. I'm going to start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And this is about Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. He, meaning Jesus, is the head of the body, which is his church. And since he is the beginning from the firstborn heir in resurrection, we must always be embraced, he must always be embraced as the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all of his perfection, all of his perfection, here's the answer to that question, God is satisfied to have all of his perfection dwell in Christ. And by the blood of of his cross, everything in heaven, everything on earth is restored and brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. All of perfection dwells in Christ. And I, again, I wanted to kind of get into the Greek and Aramaic just a little bit with that word perfection. This word when it's defined in the Aramaic, which is the language of Jesus Christ, and in the Greek, which is very similar. It says, this includes all the fullness of God, the fullness of his plan for our lives, the full image of God being restored into our hearts. All the fullness of God has been given to you. Aaron, all the fullness of God is in your heart. So when we look at that verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, We've been already been given all in the fullness of God, and it's already in us. It's just a matter of us believing that. So I can't work to imitate God. I can't make myself imitate God. Flesh cannot imitate God. But the Jesus in me is God, and he dwells in me. And I have all the perfection of God in me already. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to read again out of Colossians. As we go on in Colossians, the Holy Spirit says these words. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. There is a divine mystery. What God didn't reveal in the Old Testament gets revealed in Christ. So that is the divine mystery. Now listen to what he's saying. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations but now is being revealed, unfolded, and manifest, manifested in every. It doesn't say some, does it? It says every. Every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded in us, within us, becomes a heavenly treasure chest filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Wow. We could just stop right there. Look at that verse. Actually, look at those two verses. But If we would really believe that and understand that and know that, that God himself has embedded it within, him, within you, himself. That's what he did. Not only did he shed his blood on the cross but he embedded himself within you. 
and you've been changed into his image. And there's, in other versions of the Bible, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, we can have Christ in us. Let me read again another scripture in Colossians. We're moving into Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. My prayer for all of you is that your hearts would be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together in love's fabric. The certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of this great mystery, Christ unveiled within you. For our spiritual wealth is in him, like a hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches and revelation knowledge. All of this is in you when you became his. So not only did he die for you, but there was a great exchange that took place. He basically said, I want all of your sin. And he took all of your sin and nailed it to the cross. And then he says, I'm going to give you all of my life. What an exchange. So to see that verse about be imitators of God, really we have God himself living. The DNA of the actual God of heaven living inside of us. Wow. Let's go to the next slide. The great mystery is God's being unveiled within all of us. All of us. All who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He is being unveiled. He's in you. The answer is, do you believe that or don't you? Do you live for yourself or do you allow Him to live through you? You can have, I said this hundreds of times, but I say it over and over again, you can have as much of God as you want. The real issue is, is not God holding something back from you. God is not like that. Nowhere in Scripture do you find that in the New Testament that God's going to hold something back, hold himself back from you. Now, when you sin and when you fill yourself with your own flesh and you do your own thing, you have basically decided in your own way to walk away from God. But God, all of him is in you. It's just a matter of which way are you going to go. You're, you're actually you. You know, I hear people say these things and it frustrates me a little bit. Oh, the person's got this sickness and oh, they got this disease and they, oh, they got that. And oh, they, even alcohol, they talk about alcohol like it's some type of disease. No, it's a choice. Everything's a choice in life. You either choose Christ and allow him to flow through you or you don't. Now, once you get into a habit and once you get into addiction, the choices you made are going to be really hard to break. But you chose that addiction. People who say, well, I'm addicted to this or that. or, Well, you got addicted to it. People who say that I don't have time for Christ. Well, that's your time. You, you filled up your day. This is a, and we have the ability in this country to have those types of freedoms. Paul was writing this from a prison cell. And he's teaching and training from a prison cell. Talk about somebody who was captive. But did he allow or let his captivity or his circumstance hide the Christ within him? Of course not. We hear excuses all the time from people. Stop living in excuse and live in Christ. That's the answer. 
Christ in you. So, I'm going to read again into Colossians. Because we get caught up in distractions of life. And it says this in Colossians 2.8. Beware that no one distracts you or uh, imitates you. Intimidates you, I'm sorry. In their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments and human logic. Man, I hear so much human logic in the church today. It's not human logic. It's Jesus Christ that leads the church. It's not our wisdom. It's his wisdom. It's God that runs this church. It's his. It's the bride of Christ. It doesn't belong to a denomination. It doesn't belong to a pastor. And it doesn't belong to the people. It belongs to him. And so we get this weird logic sometimes that people try to put on stuff because they because of the way they think instead of following after the word of God. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the midst of the world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the manifestation of all the fullness of divinity living in human form. Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth, was a complete manifestation of what God would look like if he touched this earth. He is the complete revelation of God, is what that means. And our completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart. Now all the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and removed from us. And it wasn't because of something good that we've done. It was because of what Christ, the anointed one, accomplished over us. Amen? And that Christ is in you right now. We were saying Jesus Christ is coming back soon. In physical form, he's coming back soon. But I'm going to tell you, he's here right now in you. And he even said, when two or more of us are gathered in his name, there I am in the midst. But I'm going to say, even if you are alone by yourself somewhere out in the field or anywhere you're going, Christ is in you. He is your hope of glory. He's not leaving, going anywhere. You can leave him, you can sin, you can do your own thing, but he's not going anywhere. As I continue reading, Colossians 2.14, and through the divine authority of his cross, now listen to this. You have to get this. This is so important because this is where we miss it. And this is Colossians 2.14. And through the divine authority of his cross, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. It's gone. He erased it all. Our sin, our stained soul, our shameful failure to keep his laws. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. This is the word of God. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. When you became Christian or when you became born from above or when you gave your life to Christ or however you want to say it, when he came into you, he took all of that junk 
And it says that all the curse was laid on the cross. And for us to go dredge up stuff that we've already asked for forgiveness for, and we've already dealt with, and we go and dredge it up, is it goes right against the Word of God. And what it does is say that, Jesus, I don't believe in the great exchange. I don't believe what you did on the cross. I have to go carry that sin myself. I have to go get it and put it back on my back because I don't believe you did what you did. That's what you're doing when you go back and get sin that's already been dealt with. It's gone. He canceled it. Basically, again, looking at some of the deeper meanings of this, let me just give you my version of this or a little bit of my meaning of this. This would mean that the DNA of Adam has been erased and the DNA of Christ has been put and embedded in you. You are totally set free from every trace of sin and the power by the power of the blood of Christ. And the Aramaic literally means it's been taken from our midst. This would refer that all that was within us, the core of our past life, all its memories, all its failures, all its disobediences are gone. A new DNA has been bedded now within you by the cross of Christ, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Does that mean that we can still sin? Yeah, you can still sin, and you can still fall, and you still make mistakes. And that's why I said that my blood can cover all that. I, I know what's going on with some of, some of the church and some of you right now, but you don't understand the mess that I'm in. You don't understand where I have been. You don't understand how deep my sin is. Well, I kind of think that if there was a sin that's in you that's not covered by the cross, it probably would have been, well, maybe, maybe it's in another book of the Bible that's not there or something. I'm being facetious, but every single sin was covered. Amen? But I want to tell you one sin that really is an issue, and that's the sin of unbelief. We don't believe this. And because we don't believe this, we go off, we'll walk out of here today and we'll go live our own life and do our own thing and carry, grab those burdens and put them back on our shoulders and all those sicknesses and diseases and nonsense and, and all these addictions and all this stuff that we got and put it back on us and carry it and think that we're carrying our cross. You know, I'm carrying my cross daily. Carry your cross daily means that you've got the blood of Christ on you. Let's go to the next slide. Many refuse to believe who they are in Christ. That's the issue. It within you is embedded Christ. You got to see yourself as God sees you. How many times have I said that to you? You have to see yourself through his filter. He sees you what? Righteous. Why does he see you righteous? Not because of what you did, but because of the blood of Christ that's on you. You have the ability to go right into the throne of God, it says. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because the blood of Christ has covered you. You have a great intercessor in the name of Jesus Christ who intercedes daily. Whoever lives right now, so his whole purpose right now until he returns is to make intercession for you. For you. That you're a great advocate. That's what you have. And again, we need to understand and know who you are in Christ. 
because we got a great mission and purpose here on this earth and that is to show others and bring others to Christ and if you don't understand who you are in Christ I, I talk to a lot of pastors and I'll just can I be just transparent with you today here's the biggest issue with pastors that I know that I talk with is the body their body the body of Christ is so hurting and so filled with sin and so filled with flesh and so filled with their own ways that it's a hospital to try to fix them so they're we're always trying to fix the body instead of the body knowing who they are in Christ attached to the head and living for the head Jesus Christ who is your ruler and supreme authority and living in Christ we always got an issue we always got a problem We've always got something that we, we, we. It's always about all the junk that's on us. Yet, you got Christ in you, and you've got an answer. And his answer is, is I will take that stuff from you if you just give it to me. And I got a purpose and a mission for you, and that's to bring others to me. How can you bring others to me when you're living in your own flesh? And so often, the church is anemic. It's not doing its purpose. It's not doing its job. And no, the words that Lori read were pretty harsh, it seemed like, to the corporate body of the church. That really is the case. Let me read from, again, Colossians 2.19. They, meaning the church that's in deception, they refuse to take hold of the true source and honor him as the head. But we receive directly from him and his life supplies vitality to every part of his body through the joining ligaments and connecting us all as one. He is the divine head who guides his body and causes it to grow by supernatural power in God. It's Jesus. And then Colossians 2.20 For you were included in the death of Christ when he died, what he's saying, and that's a picture of baptism, you're going to die to all your sin. And when you rise up, you're going to have all of Christ. You died just as he died. So you were included in the death of Christ and have died to, with him to all the religious system and the powers of the world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards of the opinions of religion. For example, the strict requirements you can't be associated with that person. You can't eat that. You can't touch that. These are doctrines of men and corrupt customs which are worthless to help you spiritually. For though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom, in their submission to God through the de deprivation of their own physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules rooted religious doctrine. We get religious sometimes. We think that somehow we got to, through our acts of re religious things, that somehow we're going to earn points with God. Here's how you earn points with God. You die to yourself, you give all your sin to Him, and you accept all that He's given you. And you believe it. It's And it's because it's that simple, people don't get it. They won't do it. See, it's not about religion. It's about His love. It's not about do's and don'ts. 
It's about loving him so much that soon he becomes so much of you and he takes over so much of you and he becomes so much living through you as salt and light that you can't help but become like him. And as you become more and more like him and as you allow him to have more freedom over you and live in you and shine through you, you begin to do good things not because you have to work at them, but because you love him. I mean, when you love somebody with all of your heart, don't you want to please them? So your works become an issue of, I want to love on him more. And I want to do the things that he loves. And I want to follow hard after him because I love him and I have a relationship with him. It's born through relationship. It's not born through our religion. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this, Christ's resurrection from the dead is your resurrection also. Amen. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for, that, for that's where Christ sits enthroned in the place of all power, all honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all these treasures of, heavenly, of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not the distractions of this natural realm. Let's go to the next slide. Here's the answer. And I'm not going to take much more time. We've read some very deep scriptures. I would ask that you go and home and look and search your own heart. Am I really living in these places where I actually believe what the Word of God says? But the answer to the question then is, can I be an imitator of God is right here. It's all led up to the, these two verses. Now look at those verses. For your new creation life is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the what? The full revelation of God. How do we get the full perfection, the full revelation of God? How do we walk in what Ephesians 5.1 says? When we yield ourselves over to the Christ embedded within us. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, your ethnicity makes no difference, your education makes no difference, your economic status doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter if you're 14 years old or 80-some years old. They matter nothing. For it is Christ that means everything. And he lives. He lives. He lives in every one of you. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to close with these verses in uh, Colossians 3.15. It says, Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the Anointed One who called you to peace as part of His one body. And always be thankful, overflowing with gratitude for your life union with Christ. Your life union with Christ. He's made a life union agreement with you. Yeah, you can walk away. And yeah, you can say, I don't want to follow hard after him or I want to do my own thing. But he made a life union with you. And he is embedded in you. His spirit lives and reigns and rules in you. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, makes alive your mortal body through his power as he lives in you. It's Romans 8, 11. He lives in you. There's got to be somebody who's got some hope now. He lives in you. There is nothing, nothing on this earth's realm, nothing 
in this universe that's bigger or stronger. Every knee will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee, every tongue, I should say, will confess. Every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. If the Lord of the universe rules and reigns in your heart and he gave you himself for you, is there any issue in your life that you cannot handle through him? There's none. And I, so I'm giving you some good news today. Guess what? That's the gospel that was just preached to you. That's the good news. People say, what is the gospel? It's called the good news. This is the good news. Christ in you, your hope of glory. There's no issue in life that you can't reign in. If you get thrown in a prison like Paul was, he reigned from that prison cell because it wasn't the prison cell that controlled him. It was the Christ in him that controlled him. You can have the worst issue come up in your life, a circumstance, but it can't rule you because Christ rules you. No matter what happens in your life, no matter how bad it seems in the world's realm, Christ is still in you. And whether you're flat on your back or jumping for joy, Christ is still in you. Amen? And we've got to, somebody's got to get happy about that. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is the king of the universe. And he is your king. And he wants to be the head of you so that he can rule and reign over you and take all of God, all of God, and have it flow through you so you can touch others for his honor and glory. We're all going to be with him forever and ever. That is a cool thing. That is really exciting. And we can get into all that and, and it's a future thing to come. But while we're still on this earth, we got a design purpose and plan. So I'm going to continue reading in, in this last uh, couple verses. Colossians 3.15 I just read. Colossians 3.16 Then the manifestation of God will live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. When we understand our life union with him, then the manifestation of God will live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. The answer to Ephesians 5.1, then the manifestation of God will live in you richly. Verse 16 as I continue. So then he goes into the practical side of it. You know, everything has a spiritual application. Everything has an attitudinal application. Am I going to accept this or I'm just off thinking about what I'm going to eat later? So it's an attitudinal thing. Am I accepting what the Word of God is saying? There's a spiritual application, which is the Word of God. But here's the practical part of it. And the practical part of it is this, in verse 16 through 17. So then, teach the Scriptures. I don't know if I've got that one up. I don't think I do. Teach the Scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. As the fountain of grace overflows within you, sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done to you. That's what he's saying to do. Because I'm in you. Here's what I like to see as a result of me flowing through you. Here's what would happen if you allow me to have full reign in your life. You're going to teach scriptures. You're going to teach and train and disciple one another. You're going to sing psalms over each other and, and have festive praises like we were doing with the kids. Hallelujah. 
prophetic songs and spontaneous things of the Spirit are going to flow through you. The fountain of grace is going to flow out of you touching other people. Come on, there's going to be something happening. And it's not going to be something that we have to do or work at because it's going to be the natural outflow of allowing Christ to live in you. Here's how the works work of James where he says, show me your works and I'll show you my works by my, what, what happens with my faith. Here's what happens. Your lips then become his lips. Your mind gets filtered out. I mean, how many of you, now don't raise your hand, how many of you have a mind that sometimes gets off on some weird stuff? Or you go to start praying and you start praying and all of a sudden you're doing the grocery list. Or you're doing this, come on. That's because our mind is so caught up in the things of the world. But when we allow it to be caught up in him, there's one purpose for you to be here on this planet after you get saved. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the reason for you to be alive right now. Jesus is the reason you're going to be alive for all eternity. He's going to mold you and shape you and continue to take you into his image. Are you going to fall and make mistakes? Are you going to go back into the flesh a little bit? Are you going to... You guys probably won't, but I do. (laughs) But the cool thing is, is that I can always come back and say, I made a mistake. And he gets you back up. And he picks you back up and he pats you off. And we keep walking further. And as we walk further, he teaches me how to maybe even run down the path. And boop, I fall down again. But he's right there with me. And all I got to do is get up and, and acknowledge him and be with him. But here's what happens to a lot of us. We get going on our own path. And he's over here. And we do our own thing. And he's never left us. And he's walking right there with us. The word repentance really means this. To turn back to him. Right now, I really just want to close with that. We just need some good old-fashioned repentance. Where we just repent of some of the junk that's gotten on us. Where we've kind of walked off and done our own thing. Repentance is okay. I know it's a religious word that kind of like, ooh. But what it really means is that, hey, I've been running my own life, and I want you to run it again. I want to give that great exchange. I try again where you give me all of you. I've been doing my own thing. I've been running my own life. I've been running my own ways realizing that I can't imitate God and I can't do the religious stuff in my own flesh. But Jesus, I know, I know, I know who you are and I know that you're in me and I know that I just got to let go of me and allow you. So I'm going to ask each of you to stand right now as we're closing today. And if... They can have, uh, I don't know, if, is Amy in the back or with the kids? Oh, she's coming. There she's coming. Just play quietly as we close here today. Maybe this has been where you've been at. You've been trying to do the right things. You've been trying to imitate God. You've been trying to do all this stuff. But you're just feeling like kind of a little bit like, I know there's something deeper. I know there's something more. And even if you are one who's just totally sold out to Christ, it's a maturing process that even takes us farther. Here's what I've said before, and I believe this wholeheartedly. The more I understand and know Jesus, 
the more I realize that the wisdom I got right now compared to where I'm going is like one tiny piece of sand. And I look at all the seashores around the whole planet and I've got this much already and I'm holding on to it and he gives me another and he gives me another and as more and more Christ begins to shine in me I know it's him and it's not me that's shining I know that all I got to do is get out of the way and let him have this vessel why would he leave heaven for you because he loves you with an everlasting love He left heaven for you and died in your place and he told you this, I want all your sin. Could you please give me all your sin? All your sin? Don't keep that hidden resource in the back, you know, that little closet where you got that secret sin. Give me all your sin. Can I have all your sin? Have you given him all your sin today? Give me all your sin. All your junk. I've already given you all of me. Would you give me that stuff? Because here's what happens with some of that stuff. When you keep it and hang on to it, it puts a little door between you and I. I've given you all of me, but you've closed yourself in. Open that door today. Lay everything at his feet. Lay everything at his feet. There's, uh, I know there's somebody here today that Lord's showing me that there's actually a few people here today that have been struggling spiritually. You've been struggling with this issue. I don't know if I can understand this. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what he came for. And I'm not going to throw a bunch of jargon on you, but I'm going to tell you this. You need to let go of what you've been hanging on to. And I'll ask you this question. Where has it brought you to? Would you rather have all of God and all of Christ in you? Him directing your life? Or you want to keep going on the path you're on? Here's the thing with free will. God is sovereign. God is almighty. And God is the king of the universe. But he made us into image bearers. And one of the image bearers things that he gave in us was his free will. He's given us his attributes, his life. You can choose continue on the path you're on I'm going to tell you there's a better path and that's the path of Jesus Christ Amen Is there anyone here today that wants to make sure that they made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior We're not here to embarrass you but I want, sometimes it's important to make a choice sometimes it's important to confront the public that's why we have water baptism That's why we have the Lord's Supper. We do it in public. as a public display of who we are in Him. Is there anyone here today that wants to make sure, that wants to make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and is willing to make the great exchange? Raise your hand up high. I want to see that hand. Those hands, I should say. You'll see those hands. I'm going to give you a moment. Raise your hand up high. Are you sure? Are you sure? Just wait for a moment. Jesus Christ, I want to make sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior today. And I want to make that great exchange. I want to give him my sin. 
then I'm going to ask him to rule and reign in me. Is there anyone who wants to make that choice today for the first time? Christians, this message was for Christians. Actually, the, the epistle was written to a church in Classy. So it was written for Christians. This message that the Holy Spirit had is for Christians. These were Christians who were falling away and getting deceived and not allowing Christ full control of their lives. So the question I have to you old Christians, since we had no one raise their hand who wanted to be a Christian, is ask yourself this question, have I given everything to him? Is there anything in my life right now that I need to give to him? I want you to picture this. Jesus is Lord and King. And Jesus is standing, waiting for you to give Him the issues in your life that you tried to run yourself. And He's going to take them from you. So I want you to see that. And I want you to make a little cup in your hands. This sounds weird, but I'm getting this picture of it. And just start putting that junk. See that junk starting to fall in that in that cup in your hand. See that. See the things that you've been holding on to begin to fall in there. See the issues in your life that have been hurting you. See the circumstances that have gotten on you that have been hurting and, and, and messing in your life. Just falling into that cup. Now just give the cup to Jesus. Let him know that you're giving it to him. Cry out to him saying, I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm giving it to you, Jesus. I give you all of me. Take this vessel for your honor and glory. We're going to be up here for prayer right now. If anybody um, would like to come up for prayer, this is an altar area, we call it, where we can stuff down.